Evening everyone and welcome to NUFC Matters for the five minute rant. This is your chance to have your say so use the link in the pinned comment at the top of the chat if you want to pop on and let us know your thoughts leading up to the Everton game. How are you doing Pete? Yeah not too bad, not too bad. Uh, absolutely buzzing that football's back. Um, so I cannot wait uh, for the game tomorrow. Uh, just excited to see all the new boys uh, donning the shirt and Fingers crossed we get those three points. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It feels like a lifetime since we've been to St. James's Park. The two weeks, just honestly, it's dragged on and on. But yeah, definitely confident we can get the win tomorrow. Have you got a prediction for us, Pete? Of course, three points, of course. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to beat around the bush with it. I, I think I'm going to be saying every game for the rest of the season that, that we're going to win. Um, just because, because, one, because we have to, and two, with with Bruno uh, Gamares, we've got a chance. We've always got a chance. Do you think we'll see the new players starting? Do you think we'll see Bruno? I'll be shocked if all five of them are not starting tomorrow night. I'll be absolutely shocked. Um, Bruno Gamares has to start um, for me. He he's he's the marquee signing. Look, let's face it. It's what everybody is going to see tomorrow. Everybody wants to go and see Bruno. Uh, Bruno play, um, so it would be it would be a real shame if he didn't um, if he didn't start. Uh, Big Dan Burn, I know I know he's had a problem with his um, uh, with his toe, uh, but come on, he's hard as nails. He'll be he'll be there. He'll be itching to start tomorrow night under the lights at St James's Park. Matty Target, um, another one. It's interesting because he can't play next Sunday against Villa, so I think he has to play tomorrow night. Um, and, and apparently Dummett's not still not training yet, so the the, the likelihood is he, he's going to play. Uh, Trippier, of course, he, he's our leader, and and, and Chris Wood <laughs> looks like we've got nobody else at the moment. So, it, so it looks like all five will will start. To be fair, what, what, do you what, what do you think about Bruno? Do you think he that um, Eddie might kind of bring him bring him off 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 the bench? Yeah, I have a feeling that he's not going to start. I think we will definitely see him play probably in the second half, if not at some point towards the end of the first half. But I can't wait to see Bruno because I haven't seen much of him play. Obviously, I've seen the little clips and stuff, but never seen a full match. And the amount of like praise he's had, people saying how much of a fantastic player, I just can't wait to see him. I mean, I can't see all five players starting, but I'd love to see it because honestly, I think we need it, especially in the defence. We need new defenders on that pitch. But anyway, I won't leave people waiting much longer, so we'll get the first guest on. We'll start with a familiar face, someone who's been on NUFC Matters before. Happy to welcome her back. Welcome on, Alicia. Hello. Hi. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's really good to see you. Of course, bumping into you the other day. It was a nice, nice to see you again. Um, so, of course, we're playing... Um, well, I can't believe I just <laughs> forgot the team, Everton. Um, of course, we're playing Everton tomorrow night. Um, so, I think that's a massive six-pointer game, a game that a lot of fans feel like we've got to win to help us claw our way out of the relegation zone. Of course, Everton have just signed Frank Lampard as the manager. They're not on the best run of form at the moment, but that could give them a bounce. So, what's your thoughts going into that Everton game, Alicia? That's what I'm worried about. Um it sounds daft, but I was more confident of us going into that game when Rafa was still manager. Um, this, 
I kind of don't rate Frank Lampard as a Premier League manager. Don't get me wrong, he's done great things with Derby, but he really struggled with Chelsea, and Chelsea had a decent team and spent a lot of money. But I think we're going to get caught in this new manager bounce that teams always tend to have. They smashed Brentford the other day in the FA Cup. Yes, Brentford probably weren't trying because they probably want to focus on the league, but they still had a decent team out, and that's what worries me. But home advantage, I just... We need three points. I can't not predict anything on those three points because I can't bear to see us even draw. We need three points this this time around. Does it give you more confidence going into that game that obviously um, they are on a bad run of form or are you worried about that uh, Brentford result? Do you think that'll give them kind of a bit more ambition to go in and continue on that run that they've started? I think that's going to give them that push. Um but I think sometimes confidence, you can be overconfident. Um, I think hopefully they are. I just can't bear John Pickford being smiling at 90 minutes. I think I would cry. I think I would actually cry if I ever seen that, <laughs> if I had a deal with him. But I think we've definitely strengthened defensively. Um, I can't complain with the signings defensively. Obviously, Dan Byrne looks like he's not going to play anyway. Um, but definitely left side, right side, I think we can protect protect that defence a bit more. Fingers crossed. Um, I think Keeman Trippier has been absolutely brilliant, by the way, in the past few games. Total leader. He's been absolutely brilliant. And I wouldn't be surprised if he got the captain's armband in the summer. You know, he's been brilliant. Yeah, definitely. So, Pete, do you agree with Alicia? Do you think this game is really important? And also, you know, would you like to see Trippier's uh, captain in the summer? Um. I'll answer the Trippier question first. I fully expect him to be captain in the summer. I fully expect... Um, I actually expect Lascelles to step down as captain um, and give it to Trippier, if I'm honest with you. I think he... you know, For all his question marks, he is that type of guy. He is kind of respected. And I think... Lascelles will know what when his time is done as captain. Um, you know, he's had some good moments, some bad moments, but I think at this point in time, we need someone like Trippier to take the reins and take us forward. Um, going into the game tomorrow, we have to win. Uh, we have to win. One, we, we need a win to take us out of the relegation zone, which is what we'll do if we win tomorrow night. We'll be out of there. Um, but secondly, it puts us only a point behind Everton if we win. So it cranks up the pressure massively on Everton. Um, and, you know, with it's, it's all well and good, you know, Lampard winning the FA Cup. That's the FA Cup. The Premier League's a different story. And, you know, it's not a bad thing. I was speaking to a number of people at the weekend and that result came in. And, you know, we're all saying the same thing. It's not a bad thing that they won 4-1 because, you know, they're going to go in a little bit overconfident and, and we're going to be buzzing ourselves with, with all our new signings there. Under the lights at St James's Park, um, I, I, I fully, I fully expect us to get three points tomorrow. I really do. Yeah, I think that's certainly the feeling for me as well. I think it's important. Um, a lot of people seem to think it's a must win. I'd probably be okay with a point. I know that realistically a win's probably ideal. I think we've got a couple more games coming up that we could potentially win. And I'll get your thoughts on that as well, Alicia. Do you think that the next few fixtures are winnable games? Can you see us getting many points from those? Before Gerard went to Villa again, I would have said we can beat Aston Villa at home. It's there's always been that kind of rivalry, which I've never understood. 
Um, but I always feel like we're confident against Villa, but Steven Gerrard has been unbelievable. Um, I just, I thought these were the games that we were going to pick up points from. These are the teams that we need to be beaten. We're not going to beat the Man United, the Chelsea's, the Sydney's. We're not going to do that. These are the teams we need to pick the points up from. And Watford, we should have went on to win. We should have closed that game up. But again, it was with defence that's letting us down. So I hope that because we've kind of, fingers crossed, fixed that problem in defence with January, that we can go on and turn those wins and stop turning them into draws and keep a hold of them. <laughs> yeah, I definitely see you're right. So obviously we've got Brentford and West Ham as well, which people could argue is winnable games. So definitely I think it's now or never with the upcoming mm -hmm. fixtures. And final question for you, Alicia, do you think we'll see the new sign-ins starting tomorrow? And are you excited? Which players are you most looking forward to seeing? I think we'll have to. I don't think we actually have a choice. <laughs> Um, at this rate, looking at the injury list, it's getting longer and longer all of a sudden. I don't know how when we haven't played for two weeks. Um, obviously, the Julian one we kind of were expecting anyway, but Dummett getting injured again doesn't surprise me at this point. Um, but luckily, we've got cover for him as well. So we can't really complain about that. I am buzzing to see Bruno and see how he's going to fit into this side. Listen to his press conference today. He just sounds buzzing and want to play for Newcastle, and that's what we want. He said he would play anywhere. He would play as a goalkeeper just to play for Newcastle, and that's what we've wanted for so long. Yeah, sometimes we might lose games, but we want players that just try and won't go out of a game. Go, you know what? Those lads tried the best, and I think we're starting to get a group of players who we know and we're going to get 100% out of. So, fingers crossed, we do see Bruno. Bruno's the one I want to see tomorrow. But I don't think, I don't know if he'll start because he has been involved with Brazil quite a bit the past few weeks. So it depends what his level of training is like at the minute. But I want to see him at some sort, even if it's coming on. I just can't wait to see him. I think it's going to be brilliant. <laughs> Pete, do you agree? Do you think we'll see Bruno come off the bench or do you think we'll start him? We have to start him. You don't you don't pay the best part of fifty million euros for for a midfielder that's you know let's face it he's a Champions League midfielder he's he's good enough to play at the top level he you know if it was someone that was coming in off the back of an injury or not playing for a long period of time I would understand he played what fifteen minutes or so for Brazil in their recent international he was playing regularly for Leon before he signed for us. The guy's ready to go. Like it's not like he arrived on Sunday and he's only had like a day's training before. He came in on Friday. If you're if you're if you're a player of Bruno Gomez's um, capabilities and you fly in on Friday and train with your teammates the same day, you are ready to play on on Tuesday night. There is no doubt about it. And. Um, there's a few people in the chat that are saying, no, it's it's the Eddie Howe mind games. You, you know, he, he's going to play him. And I think I agree. I agree with all those comments. I I, I agree that, you know, he, Eddie Howe's quite right to kind of play it down and say, oh, we're not sure we're going to try and ease him in. But like, let's not let's not mess around. Come team sheet time tomorrow night, he'll be starting. And I'll be absolutely stunned if he's not. I hope you're right. I'd love to see him start. Well, it's been great to get your thoughts, Alicia. I've got a couple more people waiting. Thank so much. thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks great for having to us. See you. Take, Take care. care. See you later. Take care.
There we go. It's great to have Alicia's thoughts again. Someone yep. that feels it's so, so important to get that win. I think so many people are feeling like that. Just it's come to a point in the season now where I think wins are vital. I think that's certainly the feeling amongst the fan base. Definitely. Um, yeah, you know, it's this is it now. Um, the one thing I said, you know, with all the with all the kind of um, question marks about Eddie Howe, certainly before the Leeds game, um, he certainly put that to bed with, with the win against Leeds. But, you know, I, the one thing I always said is I will judge Eddie Howe once he's had his transfer window. He's had his transfer window now. Now he's got the players that he wanted. Let's go on and let's let's get those wins that are going to take us kind of in, into, you know, into staying up, staying up comfortably before the end of the season, because I, I believe that you know everyone's talking about the the running before the game against Burnley and saying we've got a tough running. I think if we if we play to our capabilities, we could be quite comfortably safe before we have that running. Um, but it's about what we do now. You know, we've got two games at home. Let's win those games. Let's win them. You know, under the lights at St James's Park, our home ground. Let's make it a fortress now. The back end of the season. Um, and it's all on Eddie Howe. It's all on Eddie Howe and who he picks and his tactics on the game. But but I trust him. I trust him 100%. Definitely. And I think that's the most important thing. When you're behind the manager, I think that'll reflect the players' feelings. They'll be behind the manager. And it just gives us a lot of confidence going into this difficult run of fixtures. So we won't keep the guests waiting any longer. We'll get our next guest in, a regular, which is Jeff. Good evening, Jeff. Good evening. Sorry, I just unmuted myself there. Hello, no Pete. Hello, Holly. How you doing? God, that was fun last week, wasn't it? By the end of the evening, it was like we're in a motel and people were just popping in and out of each other's rooms every so often. And you go, oh, there's Keith. Oh, look, there's Adam. And at the end of the day, the best bit you probably was watching poor Adam being talked to by Keith. <laughs> You're watching his head go end of the transfer window. Keith had a word, and I was having a go as well. So it was fantastic. Brilliant. So, did you enjoy it? The, the transfer window, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, over, overall, I did. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, look, the deadline day, uh, it, like, it'd be good to get Holly's thoughts on this as well. Eh? The deadline day, you know, maybe didn't go the way we wanted it to. Certainly with the flurry of action at about eight o'clock in the morning, you thought this is going to turn into being an absolute monster of a window. Uh, it did quite well. But look, you know, we, we can look back over the last 14 years and, and I don't think we've had a window like it. So, you know, there's no reason, there's no reason to complain at all. But like, Holly, did you, did you enjoy the window overall? What were your thoughts? 100%. I definitely enjoyed the window. I think on deadline day, it did feel a little bit crazy. At first, you were thinking, oh my God, we're going to bring 10 players in. We're going to have a whole new team. It did die off a little bit towards the end of the day, but I think we would assign more players if we were able to. Unfortunately, there was a few um, issues, especially with the likes of Lingard, Manu, and teams just make the difficult balls to bring the players in last minute. So, But yeah, overall, and I think from my perspective, being one of the younger fans who's only known Mike Ashley, it's got to be one of the best windows in my lifetime. Well, I noticed you say that, and um, this is sort of the point that was been made by Keith in some, um, some somewhat more le lengthily to young Adam, as we say, because I circulated that list of um, what, 38 strikers we were linked with <laughs> to replace um, Andy Carroll. Tremendous. Anyway, what I wanted to talk about, because while well, we've got Pete here, 
I mean, why not? Is uh, tactics and stuff like that and how you nutmeg people and all that sort of thing. Because we're now, <laughs> he knows where I'm going. We're now in a much better position because they don't know what we're going to do. I mean, playing Newcastle was easy, right? And we all knew it. I mean, we are the world's experts in football. Nobody has seen more shit football than us. Right. And so we don't have we don't need to be told that Woods not making his run. You know, we yeah, we've spotted that. <laughs> but we hopefully we'll get we'll be able to watch them fix that problem. That's the interest. And I'm taking it game by game. I don't I think, you know, I'm expecting a shambles every week, but a better shambles each week, incremental changes, they'll get better and better. And we can watch them trying to, you know, because like how to outthink. I'm right up with Eddie. Yeah, you don't tell them anything, man. They don't know. They can't just knock a ball past to uh, Lascelles now, or just drop a ball past with Richie, they may not be there. Right? They may be playing to our strengths because it's all about tactics and strategy. You've got all this stuff going on in front of you, knocking the ball that way, knocking the ball that way. I mean, previously, they didn't know anything else. That was the next, you know, what to do next. No idea. You know, right? Like the other day, I was knocking the ball back in front of your eyes. Right? Never go and do a magic show with anyone. You are useless. Right? How do you use? Uh, uh, deception and uh, distraction and mis misdirection with someone who's not paying attention. I don't know because you were lost in an ecstasy of Frenchies. And uh, uh, young Chris was having a sort of porthouse blue as well. He was, and I was couldn't get your attention. I'm going abracadabra. <laughs> anyway, do you know what that was about? Do you know what any of that was about? Because last week. I was no playing idea. games with. I was last week. I was playing games with Pete, but luckily the listeners can't see that. Um, <laughs> my objective is to get to Daz, right? And Daz had sat in sat in a bog somewhere in Northern Ireland, right? And I hope I've actually won because I've put a thought in his head. I need to ask you what you think that thought was, right? So that was that was the end game of the tactics. With all that stuff happening in front of you as a diversion, right? Because if if I'm going to nutmeg you, right? You're right-sided player. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm going to attack your right side over and over again until you start to think, "Is why is he going from my right?" Because all I, my my strategy is to go past your left. You know I'm going to go past your left, yeah. but I've got to make you think I'm going to your right. And that's that's an interesting strategy and tactics in a sense. That once I've got you going, why is he going to my right? I've gone past your left before you know where you are. Because I've waited for the perfect moment to nutmeg you. Because there's no point in nutmegging you and then just running into some other player, is there? Same in a boxing match. If I, if when I'm stuck down, because we're going to meet up again now, unfortunately, um, <laughs> around the back of the Irish Centre. Right? <laughs> and I'll have to get Holly to protect me. Um, because I mean, Steve will tell you, right? It's a compliment, right? When you guys have got me in the alley, the first thing I'll do is hit you as hard as I can, right? <laughs> then hit Daz and run away, right? Because it's the last thing you expect people to do. Because Daz will have shoved you out the front there, right? <laughs> so my tactic was to get into Daz's head, right? Because and it's really easy for Daz because Daz thinks he's clever. You think Daz is clever, and that is his weakness, just like your strength is your weakness. Because you think you're strong on your right side, right? And that's yep. that's the difference between strategy and tactics. One last point. Go on. Anybody want some supreme entertainment? Any boxing fans out there? Anybody slightly interested in boxing, Steve? Um, if you Google on YouTube, Freddie Starr 
right, versus Muhammad Ali, right, you will see the greatest boxer in the world taken out in one punch, right, in the in the second round, right? Absolutely flattens him. And it's the best example I've ever seen of the triumph of strategy over tactics. Because somebody's head had no idea what was happening to him. And incidentally, the objective was uh, what's in this envelope. Okay, this is for Daz, right? If the thought in Daz's head is what in that is what's in this envelope, I've won. There you go. <laughs> that elaborate ruse and all that stuff because it's really hard. What it, you know, and it was a nightmare because the, the the bouncer came in and flashed the lights, right? And you can't hold the concentration for long, right? <laughs> if you've ever done stage work, once they start flashing the stage lights, it's really hard. And your brother is quite a big guy, and hold his attention, right? Hold him on the wall. <sighs> Dropped him. You not you not quite hard for you, but. Big guy, that brother of yours, and I lost him. Bang. And phew, terrible. So, did you enjoy that? What do you think's in that envelope? What do you think I've put into Daz's head that's in that envelope? Uh, I'll be honest, I've got no idea. But I, no, I'm, nobody I'm, has I'm, any I'm, idea what's going on. It's terrible, isn't it? I'll find, I'll find out from <laughs> Did you later. mention it? Did you say I'd got my own back on him? Did you mention it to the little fella? Uh, no. Oh, Daz didn't know I did all this stuff for you. Oh, no, 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 he did. He did. All yeah. right. Oh, God. Thank God for that. I mean, I went all that trouble to get my own back on Daz, right? And uh, if you weren't going to tell him I'd gone to all that trouble, there's no point in me doing it, is there? Because he's not going to get the thought in his head that I want him to have in his head. No. Uh, so no what did he tell you I did? No, he. it was It was about the... Um... The thing that I told Daz was about the uh, the bet when we had the when the table. All oh, right, but you didn't tell him what the, the stuff about the screen or all that stuff with your picture. That I did no. that. All I did that because you put my picture up on your show, so I put your picture up on my show. Oh, oh the Holly show. Okay. Oh, oh I've lost you already. Bloody hell! You really did. I'm, I'm. I'm. You've had a tough day. I know. Yeah, Bloody. I have. I've got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> loaded mixed ability group right <laughs> well, if i'd known i wouldn't have bothered nutmegging on that side at all i would have just go straight down the left you know <laughs> brilliant but well, okay so, so right what, sorry yeah sorry, what, do you, what, what are you what are you thinking about tomorrow's game then do you think, I think they haven't a clue what we're going to do and nor have we right which wow. is a fantastic advantage that tactically they don't know what we're going to do and the longer we keep it that way the better because we're not the only ones who can see what's going on. Uh, so there's some quite good professional footballers out there who know what, you know, can go, well, Richie's not very good, is he? Um, but they, now don't, they don't know what our weaknesses are. And many times in the past, I was thinking about this. Um, I remember when was it, uh, Taylor took over, it was filling in at left back or something. And they thought, oh, there's a weakness. And they just kept bombarding him for ages with balls out of the sky. And he was Perfectly comfortable with them. Thank you very much. Same with Dummit. Anybody thinks they can target Dummit? Go on, go ahead, please. Dummit's our weakness. Yes, our left side. Please target our left side. We're very weak there now, because you know it's a whole new ball game. We've virtually got a new defence. Um, and I think what's going to be interesting is watching the effect of playing with different manager and um, different players and. People going, well, you're not doing that right. See if you can do it differently next week. I mean, that's tremendous, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's called training. <laughs> um, it's going to be very interesting. And 
I'm definitely taking it one game at a time. And I'm going to judge Eddie Howe after next year's preseason. To be fair, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's inherited an interesting bunch of problems. We can see how he solves them. But after preseason, he'll have the fitness that he wants. He'll have the conditioning that he wants. Everyone might be fit, which would be a start. Um, and I think next season I'll judge him. Um, never mind your 10 games, Pete. I'm going to judge him next season. Okay. That's yeah. Fair. That's a fair point. And it's an interesting point that you've made um, actually about, you know, about the game tomorrow. The fact that, you know, Everton are not going to know, you know, uh, anything about Newcastle. Because, you know, me and Holly, we were just talking about, you know, whether we think all five players are going to start. Um, and I think they will. And I think that kind of, it, it does kind of play into our hands a little bit because... Yeah. You know, the whole rest of the season. The whole rest of the season, they'll be get, we're keeping them guessing. Because we you, now have different tools in the box. We can swap it around. We yeah. don't have to play. We don't even have to play Shelby every game. Yeah. Right? We can do tactically. We've got more interesting tools in our box. No pun intended. So, you know, all this stuff about what can Wood do. Wood can do all sorts of interesting things that other players can't do. And I'm not into direct replacements necessarily. I just want some interesting stuff that I can get out of the box and go, oh, look what we've got. Because um, they can't see in our box necessarily because, you know, we get the lid closed and we don't talk about it, you know, among ourselves. We just keep it all secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, with, with any team, so for example, we're we're preparing to to beat Everton tomorrow night, and we would be preparing. You know, we'd be looking at what players are going to play, how we're going to play through their midfield. For example, we don't know whether Deli Ali is going to start, whether Van der Beek is going to be playing, or whether they're going to go with Andre Gomez, who played at the weekend and, and supposedly played okay. But you know. If they're looking at where they're going to get in behind, just like you said when you talked about the left-hand side with with Taylor and Dummett, they don't know who's going to start. Whether it's going to be Matty Matty Target, whether it's going to be Mankilio, they don't know who's going to start. They don't know if Dan Burns going to start. And I think this is where a lot of the people in the chat tonight have kind of um, cottoned on to uh, Eddie Howe's kind of mind games in the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right up with it. I've been playing mind games. I've been trying to demonstrate how you use mind games. And seriously, go and watch Freddie Starr take out the greatest boxer in the world, and he is just. A conjurer, I mean, you know, his performance is just tremendous. Don't watch it now, you should be watching this. Um, but <laughs> I, I, it's just that they don't know which way we're going to nutmeg them, basically. And I'm not increasingly, as fans, we can concentrate on our game. We don't have to worry about what they're going to do so much, certainly not next season, because it's all well, if so and so wins this, and we get that, and if our Deli Ali's fit, and if he's oh, Sodom, you know. <laughs> They're going to have to play our game in future because I, I rate I rate Eddie. And if I anybody say, oh, we'll have to get a proper manager when we're a Champions League, I'll come around and take the bricks out from under their car. You know, it's, it's, it's just so utterly disrespectful to talk about our manager in those terms. Because uh, I want to bring it, start, close it down by saying we're, we're a sort of family and we'd have to remember that. And we've got an opportunity now to redefine our relationship with our club. Right. And it's going to take us a while to realize that these people are not going to rename Shearer's bar. They're not going to do anything that disrespectful. They are not that sort of malign, malignant sort of people at all. They have shown enormous respect. And I know it's difficult for some of us that they respected um, our former manager, Mr. Bruce. 
And everyone said, why don't they just kick him straight out the door? No, that's not how you do business in a respectful way. That's not how you treat people respectfully. Even if you don't think they're very good managers or they've let the club down or whatever they've done. If, they were your, if they're your children, if, you know, because sadly, people like Clark could be my children. <laughs> and I would take a slightly different attitude to that if they are your children. And try and think of it that way. And all right, good, they go on the naughty step and there's things we ought to do to them. Um, but try and think of into their heads. Think of that man. He's a very proud man. He's a professional. And he's going through some difficult times. And he's with his mates in the dressing room. They've been fighting in our family for a long time. And it's, can you imagine what it's like? Well, you're not quite required on the journey anymore. Sorry, Jeff. You know, <laughs> you're a nice guy and all that. But, you know, you're not part of the jokes anymore. You know, <laughs> you're, not, you're not in the crowd. Um, you know, and you're, I'm an Irish, you know, I'm an Irish international. Tough shit, you know. Try and remember that when we're, we're being rude about these people. I don't mind a bit of technical criticism. That they're, they're all entitled to that. But that's about the nice thing I want to say. No, uh, I think you made some. I think you made some good points. Um, after you confused the hell out of me for about ten minutes, you, the, the points you made about the game were absolutely spot on. You know what, Jeff? I'm not the only one that's confused because I know from yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we, but we love you for it. Well, it's a strategy, isn't it? You, I mean, ambigu ambiguity is the basis of humour. And if people can't quite know what you're saying, you can go an awful long way before they have to decide. <laughs> um, and you can keep as many balls in the air as possible. That's the secret. That was the conjuring I was trying to do, is keep many balls in the air as possible so people don't know where to look. They don't know if Trippier's going to come down that side. They don't know if our defensive midfielders are going to break on them. They have no idea because they're not just watching somebody going round and round in the middle of the park with a ball and passing it back. They can do that. No reason why you can't do that. You can go round and round as much as you like. As long as you've got some plan, some idea, some objective as to why you're doing it. You're not just knocking the play back side to side. Now, I think I lobbed your goalkeeper, right? And he hasn't even realised the ball's back on the spot. And you guys haven't even turned around to realise the ball's in the back of your neck because I reckon I know what's in that envelope, which is in Daz's head. So, <laughs> Have well, a chat I'll, I'll, I'll certainly find out for, for sure. But before we let you go, um, pr prediction for tomorrow night? Score prediction? Um, I have been brilliantly successful in getting it wrong every time. Though last week I said it would involve a three. And that was as far as I was prepared to go. And I was right. We got three points. Right. <laughs> this time it's going to involve at least a three. Okay. So what we're going to do with the three, I don't know. Probably three at the back. Something like that. Anyway, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to jinx it by saying it because I'm just going to watch the game. And the weird thing is, if you watch the game and I just score it, you know, so and so's done this, so and so's done that. You, you know, you have a symbol for something, and you look through it, and you go, "That was really good." And we are attacking or doing something on your notes by every minute and a half. I write something down every minute and a half. That is a hell of a different ball game for what we used to do. I'd have a sheet of paper and it'd be, you find yourself watching the opposition. You think, oh, that's good. Oh, I'm watching the wrong side. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, now I'm, I'm really intent on what they're doing. Watch them closely, right? Somebody's been talking to them and see what you can see. See if you can see the tactics, see if you can see the strategy and tell the difference. It's a very interesting world and it's so good for Pete. So good for Pete because he's got all this stuff in his head, all these interesting players. And he's been watching this stuff for years. And now Holly, 
God, you're so lucky. <laughs> you've got to have you're going to have some such fun, right? Yeah. Because um, I always think of you. I have a, as the army. As, I would never describe myself as the Toon Army, right? Mag, maybe Toon Army, no, because you're the frontline troops. You're the Royal Marine Commando Club, who actually go out there and hurl themselves at the terraces. Um, and I think of you as the Toon Army would include the home fans, but the, you know, you guys are the real commandos, and we're just the support troops, and we're there to sort of pass you a cup of tea, make sure you've got enough ammo, and you know, tell you a joke occasionally, cheer you up. I'm sort of OC. Uh, mad entertainment as far as i'm concerned <laughs> um and what's been interesting is that covid has brought us all together because we're all stuck watching the same nonsense right <laughs> same latent nonsense latency issues um never watch it online with anybody else <laughs> they're all going way and you go what are they going way about <laughs> um well. well it is that's it we've all got together and all for the, out of this tragedy of of that has beset us all, and since we beset us every week, to be quite honest, um, we've come out of it a lot stronger, I think, as a, as a group of people. And uh, I want to big up Holly. I want to big up all those guys who go there and sing. First thing I write down on my, my sheet normally is, bloody hell, you can hear those fans. <laughs> you out-sing everybody. And it's not for us to say we're the best fans in the world, because I don't actually think we are. Um, I, would, I, 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 have, I have a group of fans. It's an interesting question. Who are the best fans in the world? Apart from us, obviously. Who's the best fans in the country? Take it off somewhere else. It's, who would you say? Who are the best fans? I know who I'd pick. Uh, Come there's, on. There's, there's, there's a few decent fans. Come on. There's, there's a few decent fans. Um, Come on. I mean, not just your second team. There must be some people you go, God, those guys are good. I really admire them. I don't necessarily like the football club, but you like the fans. Who would you pick as being your best fans? The guys you'd want at your back, right? Because you know we have to look after each other. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of atmospheres. Um, so um, Crystal Palace is not bad. Uh, so yeah. Um, they've they've got that they've got that stand behind the goal that they they get it rocking and it is rocking when they when they yeah. really get it going. Um, so so they've been quite impressive uh, when I when I've been to there. Um, who else? Um, well, you can only have one. You can only have one. Sorry, Leeds, Leeds, Leeds are Leeds are decent. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. Been pretty decent. Um, what about Holly? And, 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 you've only, yeah, you're only allowed one. Oh. Come on, Pete. You've got three already. What about oh, Holly? Because he could oh, come right. straight to your head, man. It should be who's who do you want? Who's who's you, who's the guys you admire apart from ourselves? Because you can't do that. It's, it's not very English. It's very American to say we're the best fans in the world. <laughs> Less who would you pick? Sorry. No, Leicester, please. Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Leicester are not up there. Oh dear. What were their clashes? I, I, I think the guys they're, at they're, Anfield they're might be shocked. Whatever it is, they spin around. Yeah, like they're, they're generating yeah, noise yeah. using other things. They're not. It's not. It's not natural. It's not. Yeah, I mean, the, the, what I was thinking and the rest of it. Oh, what I was setting you up for, as usual, <laughs> was Anfield. Nah, not for me. Well, uh, don't I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Um, we're, we experience quite a lot of trolling. It's one of the things I'm very, very interested in, and I've discussed it with you before, and I'm not going to do it now. Um, I'm very interested in trolling, right? Who is putting negative thoughts into our heads? And who's pushing us? And um, uh, I know it results out of a paper, but you would never screw the Liverpool fans around. Certainly not again. Because they, don't, they just don't say, we don't, like, we don't like you. We're never going to buy your paper again. 
ever forget it no liverpool fan or no f football fan on merseyside will buy your paper and they get treated with a bit more respect because of that because the level of solidarity in that in that fan base is absolutely rock solid and nobody messes with them and th we have the opportunity to sort that out okay keith roll keith rolls made a good point and well done keith um, <laughs> yeah they, they were absolutely rocking to be fair when well they, they well they deserve it they've, they've done yeah. something which very few when we, lost, even imagine. when we lost in the league cup a, a few years ago um at, at the um at the city ground I, I was there for that in the away end and and to be fair that night they they had the place rocking yeah, yeah. well they're proper they, they do have a good atmosphere to be fair to them yeah and they deserve it in a sense because they have to yeah. live in leicester um and we have you know this I live in leicester is <laughs> <Come on. laughs> hey, well i sympathize. Not... i mean i they, i, I, I sympathize I, I mean i was there for four years pete you can imagine four years but i only got a light sentence and let me go um <laughs> and i escaped back up here it's fine you know it's it's a tragedy that your soul was reincarnated where it was but um, you know, maybe next time. But the first, if you ever need help, just give us a call and we'll have down there with a van and we'll give you a wave before you know neighbors even know, right? We'll have you back here, but we can have you up here in Pontyland. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah a nice place in Prudhoe. Oh, one last thing. One last thing. You Let's said that like three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do it all the time. It's, it's, it's just technique. Have you, not seen, have you not seen Billy Connolly work? Like, it's called bits, right? You tell a wee joke. But the whole thing is about this. It's all about this. Go on, like. You won't, you won't believe what well, let me tell you oh, i've got my hat right right and it's got the name john blades in it any mad hat, I met you, i've met your dad so are there any other mad hatters in your family there's somebody in Pontyland makes hats called john blades anything to do with you no not Strange, that i'm aware yeah. of anyway no, it's real that's serendipity says john blades in it it's one of the reasons I keep putting it on. I've been waiting. I've been waiting so long to meet you online so I could ask you that question. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing this. The setup for that joke is taking about five weeks. <laughs> Was that your last thing, Jeff? Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. Because I know that Tony is going mad waiting to get on. Right. He's been waiting for twenty minutes. I'm yeah. Five-minute rant. 20 minute round the chat are confused but my look we're lucky, yeah, we're lucky that we love you because otherwise you'd have been cut off about 10 minutes ago but uh <laughs> but no um there were some there were some good points in the absolute in, you, in the, middle of the madness that you've just uh, i'm glad you, know, you noticed given us to us for the last 20 minutes but we'll leave it there um yeah. massive appreciation for jumping on as always jeff uh always right, a regular and um Pray for three points tomorrow, and hopefully we're talking about six points the next time we see you next week. Hopefully. Great to have you Caesar. on, Jeff. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Right. We'll not keep on waiting any longer. I think Ooh, we'll really? just bring Tony straight in. I know. I know the feeling. Hoping that Tony's got some football points for us and not any madness because my brain is gone. <laughs> Hello, Tony. <laughs> Hi, Pete. Hi, Ollie. My, my brain's mashed with that, I tell you now. I was like, what the hell? I could see you in the back every time Jeff was going on to the next point, just like cracking up laughing. Brilliant. He, he, he's brilliant, though. He makes you laugh. He does. Great guy. He but really yeah, is. I'm coming up to football points. Don't you worry about that, Holly. <laughs> Good stuff. I need some normality after that. Oh, God, yeah. 
I'm doubting know what's in that envelope though. I think we never found out. No, we I didn't. Know. Never will. We no. don't know if it ever will. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So going back to last week, transfer window. I think it's been a great window. Can't complain. I've seen some fans having a bit of a moan. I just think, do you know what? Wake up and smell the coffee. We've spent over ninety million pound. When did we do that under Ashley? Never. So it's a reality check. Yes, we would like to have gotten a striker in or an attacking player. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So we just go with what we've got. And I do generally think we've got enough to stay up. Um, for this season, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think for me, obviously, most people know on, on NUFC matters that I've just felt like we're not going anywhere. But I think most people's got to have more confidence after that transfer window. And I've got to agree with you. I think it's a fantastic transfer window in comparison to any other window under Ashley. I mean, we got the table up the other day on NUFC matters and it was like a net spend of like, what, zero million for most years in a row. And then you just got this 92 million and you just think, wow, it's like one of those pinch me moments, you know? Um, yeah. So, Pete, do you think we've got enough to stay up now? I know you've always been quite confident. Yeah, always been confident that we're staying up because it was the it was we were having our worst period during the previous manager and in early on in the season. Teams have, have done that years upon years. You go back to Palace, you go back to Everton back in the day, you go back to Villa, and so many other teams, Southampton, and you think like by November, December, they're gone. But all of a sudden, you see like a change in fortunes, start to put a few results together. And by the end of it, these teams tend to stay up relatively comfortably. And it goes the opposite way. So we were looking at Brentford thinking they're going to stay up comfortably. Everton, yeah, no problem. Leeds, no problem. Now look, we're one game away. We win tomorrow. We're one point behind Everton. We're, it, it would take us, what, I think five points behind um, Brentford. We've got two games in hand on Brentford as well which people forget so we win those two games in hand it puts us two points behind if they keep losing and we keep picking up points we'll be ahead of them it brings them back into the race there's no reason why we can't stay in the league this season and, and look i would have said even before the transfer window that we had just a stronger squad if not better than burnley norwich um uh who's the other team I forgot who's down there. Burnley, Norwich, um, Watford. Sorry, I would have said our, our, our squad of players were better than them. Now look at what we've added to that. Yeah. You know, I, I'd, I'd be saying, for me, I think our squad of players is better than Leeds. Leeds, Leeds play yeah. a unique style, but I think we're our, our squad of players are better than them. I think our squad of players are better than Brentford. Now, yeah, we've just got to show it. Thing is, though, Pete, I mean, you look at what, um, sorry, you look at Norwich, they haven't brought anybody in in January at all. Yeah. And obviously they let Cantwell go to Bournemouth on loan. Um, so they've brought nobody in. I watched that game on Saturday between Burnley and Watford and what a dreadful game that was. And that was a nil-nil draw because technically they were two poor teams. They were absolutely shocking. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think any team was going to score anyway. Even at half-time, I thought, well, this is going to be a nil-nil draw. It's got it written all over it. And the thing is, Burnley have now only got two games in hand on us, so they're not even catching up because the two games they had previous they were drawed, they drew their games. So, and and they're just, I think they're going to be the one team to go straight down anyway now. 
I think it'll be them. I think Norwich will go with them because I can't see Norwich staying up. Um, and I think it'll be Watford. Um, I certainly think we can get three points tomorrow night. Yes. Okay, they've got Lampard in. They played against Brentford on Saturday. But I watched the highlights of that goal. And to be honest with you, the Brentford defence was all over the place. And to be honest with you, that was easy pickings for any team. You know, that defence was absolutely dreadful on Saturday. Brentford have lost their last four last four games um, in, in the Premier League. Five if you include the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, they're they're in free fall at the moment. Oh, they're, they're, if you look if you look back at their recent results, that they are falling like mad. And the one thing that we need to do that we haven't done previously when we've played Norwich, when we've played um, Brentford before, is we need to take advantage of that. If teams are in free fall, we need to be picking up points to put them in, under even more pressure. Because I believe that in the second half of the season, I don't know if you guys could ever remember um, uh, Hall City when they got promoted. Um, I think it. Uh, I think it might have been the, the second time round. They were having a fantastic season, and they were like top four at one point. I think even around Christmas time, and then the second half of the season they fell flat. I think it was a season they stayed up and we went down. But their 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 downward trajectory was just unbelievable, and that's what a lot of teams do. A lot of those newly promoted teams like Brentford, they have that adrenaline rush the first half of the season where they're just picking up results and they're the surprising teams you go back to the 3-3 yeah. against Liverpool and on the season at Brentford's home ground it's like you know everyone thinks oh they're going to stay up and then they just start to free fall Brentford are going to do that again I remember Huddersfield um um yeah I think yeah it was Huddersfield, Huddersfield beaters we, uh, the season we got promoted the same as them they went playoffs we went through the championship we won the league I always remember when we played Huddersfield, they beat us at their ground. I think it was the second game of the season. And I always remember Sky bigging them up. Yeah, they're going to stay up. Newcastle in massive trouble. Blah, blah, blah. This, that, and the other. What happened? They fell flat. They had an awful, awful rest of the season. Um, and it happens all the time. Pundits and media like to talk too quickly. Um, I, think, I think we'll be okay. And I think Brentford will fall. I think Everton will fall. I think Leeds will fall. And what you'll find is it will turn from not just kind of a a, a four a, a four horse race like a team of a league of four. You'll probably turn into a league of six or seven. Very yeah, <clears throat> I totally agree. I mean, um, I mean the other teams now below us must be looking at that and see it. Well, even Norwich as well, and they're obviously looking at us now and thinking, well, hang on, they've just spent ninety three million pound on players. And uh, we've improved our squad massively now. And I mean, Bruno adds a lot more to the midfield as well. I mean, I didn't say the game live because <clears throat> the Brazil game, because it was on like half 12 midnight. And obviously yeah. I was in bed for work. But um, I saw the highlights of it. And what he did when he came on, he looked absolutely brilliant. And he had, even had an assist as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing him play. And I hope he starts tomorrow night. He's got to start, really. He has to start. I mean, yeah, people are saying, oh, he's just come back from Brazil. But what they forget is he actually flew from Brazil to France first, spent 24 hours in France, and then flew to us the next day. Yeah. So any jet lag should be out of his system by now, I would imagine. Yeah. And he, he seems to be ready to play tomorrow as well, after seeing his press conference today. 
which yeah. he spoke really well. Yeah, I, I, he was I looking for the challenge. Um, it's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, the one thing I'll ask both of you um, is, what formation are we going to play? Because you know, I think I think we played a four-three-three um, against Leeds. Uh, are we going to go that way again? Uh, you know, the the, the conundrum. Um, providing that Dan Byrne plays, is who's going to who's going to start at the back? Is it going to be Shaw? Is it Lascelles? Could they potentially go all three and and play a, a sort of a three-five-two? Um, what what are your guys thought thoughts on that? Like in terms of the formation and and, and the setup of the team. I'll let Tony answer first. Yeah, um, I, I personally think he'll stick with the same formation as he did against Leeds, um, the four-three-three. But, um, I mean, if I was to put anybody in centre-half, I know it's dropping the cells to the bench, but I would rather put Shaw there next to Byrne if Byrne is fit to play, um, depending on how we septic toes. But if Byrne is fit to play, I would put Shaw there because Shaw had a great game against Leeds. And if you drop him to the bench now, that's like saying, well, sorry, but Lascelles is club captain. He's automatically got the right just to come back in the team. Well, he should come back in the team on form. So, yes, I know LaSalle sort of had a little bit, a few good little bits in that game, but not as impressive as what Shaw was. So I would leave it as Shaw there, put Byrne in. Obviously, you're going to have Target left back, Trippier right back. Um, and we've got two players who can get down the wings as well. And, it, it you know, and, and Target's a great player. He's not a bad player at all. I mean, he was Villa's player of the year last year. It's only because they've brought Luca Dean in. Obviously, he's pushed down the pecking order. So to get him on loan was a great move. Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting point, Holly. Um, if you if you're thinking about a, a tactic tomorrow, a system, what what do you think we're we're going to go for? And, and do you think um, do you think there's a chance? I mean, Dan, Dan just put it in the chat. Do you think there's a chance that he plays all three centre backs? Maybe because he can't decide on which one he he wants to put on the bench. Um, I don't think we'll see all the three centre backs playing. Um, I personally think, obviously, likes of Lascelles will probably stay in the team, obviously, with him being the captain. I think Shaw will probably keep his place because he did very well against Leeds. I think it's fair to say. Um, I honestly can see us going with a 5 4 1, and I hate that formation, it's not what I want to see us play. But I think because of how important the game is, I think that it's just gonna kind of put the pressure on Eddie Howe to make him feel like he's got to play that. And I know we're at home and everything else, but we do concede goals very easily, we have throughout the season, so I think you'll just want that kind of um just that peace of mind that we've got the five defenders at the back. But I'd like to see us play 4-4-2 and I really want to see Chris Wood with Dwight Gale up top. I want to see that strike partnership. I think it's the only way we're going to get real goals out of this side, but I just can't see that happening. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Dwight yeah. Gale. Um, what, what do you think, Tony? Do you think Dwight Gale I, is is a, is someone that should be brought back into the team? Well, I agree with that, Holly. I mean, um, and, and if you... Look back on other shows, Supermax being saying exactly the same. Dwight Gale should be playing up there as well. And he keeps saying, why isn't Dwight Gale coming into the team? What's going on? You know, and I agree. I mean, if Dwight Gale plays off Chris Wood, Chris Wood can knock the ball down for Gale to run onto. You know, so why not try it? What's that? It's not going to harm anything. We haven't got Callum Wilson for, well, it looks like a bit longer than what previously thought now. 
because I was originally thinking, oh, you'll be back for Brighton, but it looks like it's going to be well after that now, possibly April. But I would definitely play Gail. Yeah. Why not use him? He's there. Give him a chance. Can't do any harm, can it? Yeah. The, the only worry is, is that at the moment, with, with the way we're set up at the moment, is that, you know, if you're playing both, we actually haven't got a striker to then come off the bench unless we look, we're looking at the, the, the young lad in the under-23s who's having a really good season. Um, and I know he's been training with the first team, but um, that seems to be the, the issue is that if you're going with them, you're kind of sacrificing the opportunity of bringing someone off the bench or you're if you're going to bring one of them off, you're going to have to change his style and setup in order to accommodate whoever comes on the pitch. But it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. Uh, and, and I know Eddie Howe was asked about Dwight Gale um, today. So um, it would be interesting to see how he f fits into this. But... You know, Chris Wood has always played with, with Ashley Barnes up up top, or or um, or, or Vidra um, is his kind of partner, someone to, to to work off. So it does seem a bit strange that he is playing up there on his own. But if he does play up there on his own, we need the service. So yeah. I'd be fully expecting the likes of Matty Target, um, uh, Kieran Trippier, uh, Ryan Fraser. To maximum to a lesser extent, so you don't really see him cross the ball very often. But the others need to be whipping balls into the box, really, you know, giving him the service. Because I was listening to someone the other day, and they made a really good point in that there has been a little bit of criticism of, of Chris Wood uh, since he joined the joined the club in the games that he's played. I personally don't think he's played that bad, if I'm honest with you. However, when has he had a clear cut chance to score a goal in any of the games that he's played? Um, he hasn't. And, and, and he hasn't, and, and and that's down to a lack of service to him. I think he had one where um, against Leeds, where the ball was clipped in. St. Maxi's done a lovely little headed knockdown to him, and he was just about to pull the trigger, and the defenders cleared it. It was a good defensive play, to be fair. But that for me is the only really one opportunity where I thought actually, yeah, he could have he could have scored that. Um, maybe one or two in the first half were half chances at best uh, against Leeds. But he needs chances. He needs service. He, you know, he's got a big strapping, strong centre forward up there but he's had nothing to get on the end on uh, in the air no decent crosses of the ball he just I just think we need to be playing to his strengths more there's a reason why he got double figures is because Burnley played to his strengths we we need to do the same but yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts about Chris Wood um, I mean he's not I mean yeah the first game against Watford he didn't really but then again there wasn't the service there for him um, against Leeds he won a lot of duels in the air, a lot of aerial duels. I think 15 he won. Um, so he, he did quite well there. Um, you know, but as you say, he just needs that, he needs that service. Um, it's like any player, if they're gonna score goals, they need the service to score the goals. If they haven't got the service, they're not gonna score goals. But then I think with Bruno as well, he's another one who can unlock defenses with his passes because you know, obviously. Not seen a lot of them play, but watching on YouTube, like probably everybody else has, when you see some of these passing, it's absolutely sublime. Yeah, it's um, it, there, there is. I, I mentioned it before, and I and I'll say it again. I think I said it on the deadline day show um, uh, when we when they did the five minute rant. What you will see now with with Gomez um, in the team is that you'll see uh, significantly better possession stats from us 
Um, yeah. I think we will have more of the ball. He will control the, the 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 play and the movement. And you know what? And it's not really been talked about much. I, I think I think we'll see Shelby play better because yeah. he's got a like-minded player next to him. He's got a player that's good on the ball that can move the ball, short shot passes in small spaces. Shelby hasn't had that with with either Hayden or Longstaff to play alongside in that midfield. Uh, always had someone that's not a centre midfielder in Fraser or Amir on playing alongside him in, in a midfield three. You've got a genuine midfield player, that, you know, that wants the ball all the time, that wants to keep it ticking in midfield, that wants to control the game. And I think someone like John Joe Shelby is gonna is gonna thrive off that. I really do. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see not just Gamera's play, but how he's gonna improve with the players around him. Will it could be another one? We haven't yeah. talked about Willock. He could be another one that could really benefit from from Gamera's his creativity, uh, finding those passes. But yeah, I mean, it's just saw, all right. just saw Tim C's um, question there, and he sort of said play Willock a bit further up, and it's a good point where he's made. Yeah, you, you, know? you could give him the license to to make those make those runs into the box and get in and around Wood. So yeah. Wood, if it's being played up to Wood. It, uh, up in the air, if he holds the ball up or gets the flick-ons, you would be expecting Willock to be making those runs in and behind. It, yep. it, it's a great point. It's a great point. I mean, I've got another interesting question, which I'll give to you and Holly. And um, Now, Dylan Stevenson, obviously what we mentioned, this youngster who's been banging them in in the under-23s and Premier League too. Now, would you bring him and put him on the bench and then say maybe give him the odd 15 minutes here and there? To see what he can do, because he can't do any worse than what what Gail is, can he? And if he's, you know, if he's goal scoring, scoring the under twenty threes, I know it's a different format and it's a big step up to the Premier League. But the only way you're going to get these youngsters to play is by trying them. What do you think, Holly? Um, for me, I don't think now's the right time to give youth a chance. And I get what he's saying, and I think it's a good point because. Um, and not necessarily that I don't think Dwight Gale's good enough, just the fact that I don't think he's been in favour under Steve Bruce, and I also don't think he's been under favour um, for Eddie Howe. So he's just not been given that chance. I think when he has came into the side, he's actually done okay, and I don't think we can judge him too much because we haven't seen fully what he can do. I think he's came into the side, he's scored goals, and then he's been put straight back on the bench as soon as someone like Callum Wilson becomes available. So it's not really fair on him, but I don't think he's going to be given that chance. Um, you know, it's so important for the rest of the season that we stay up and yeah. to put that much pressure on a young star, I just don't think the timing's right. But certainly in pre-season, give him a run out there and see how he performs. And then obviously yeah. maybe next season, that's a possibility for me. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, true. Well, I still think we'll stay up anyway, with, without a doubt. Don't panic, Holly. We'll stay up. I know you. I know you keep thinking. Oh no, I think we'll go down. But no, keep the faith. We'll we'll stay up, Holly. Because like like even Steve said last night, as Malcolm Supermax says, do your games in blocks of three. And like Steve said, the Everton games are last of that block of three. So if we get set, get three points tomorrow, that's seven points at that block of three. And then you look at the next three. Which is obviously Villa, West Ham, Brentford. Yeah. I'm not convinced yet, but I will be hopefully. Yeah, but, you, but then if we win tomorrow and win on Sunday, we're on to 21 points, and it looks a hell of a lot better then. True. Yeah. And things look a lot rosier. It's always nice to be surprised. It well, exactly. You just don't know, dear. Do yeah. 
definitely. I mean, uh, you know, who thought Middlesbrough would have gone down to Man U and beat them on their own turf? Great point. On penalties as well. Yeah. And every single penalty Middlesbrough put away was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. But they, they fully deserved to win it in 90 minutes. Yeah. The, the amount of chances Middlesbrough created, you, you would have thought they were also equally a uh, Premier League side. And I'm not surprised. Uh, Chris Wilder is a fantastic man. He is. Um, yeah. He, he, he is. Uh, I, he would have been someone I would have been happy with at, at Newcastle if we'd have not got Eddie Howe, to be honest with you. Because I just think he uses class. Um, he has a certain way of playing. He demands a certain uh, expectation of his players. Um, I, I, th- I just think he needs a, he needs to get a break at a, a club higher up in the, in, in the Premier League. Uh, and I think he will at some point. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets Middlesbrough promoted this season. I, 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 I won't be, I won't be shocked yeah. at all if they were Premier, playing Premier League football in September. So, um, yeah, fair, fair play to fair play to him uh, and, and Middlesbrough doing doing that. But um, uh, we'll leave it there at that point, Tony. Um, Two 0 tomorrow night, though. Get in. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Lots of positivity uh, with the callers tonight and in the chat. Uh, seems to be that. Um, we're, we're going to be getting three points and I, I really, really hope that, um, that, that we see that through. But Tony, always a pleasure, mate. Uh, thank yeah. you for coming on, taking the time. Thank Good you. questions. Um, yeah. no, no head spinners from you. So <laughs> No, not for that. No, not from me. That's no. always good. That's always good. But uh, you take care, mate. And uh, hopefully we're yeah. sitting on six points better off next next Monday. Let's hope we are, yes. Yeah. Top man. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, yeah. See you later. See you later. There we go. Some great football and points from Tony. I think we needed that after the madness from Jeff. I still quite haven't worked out what's going on. I did see his comment that apparently he's going to tell you what's in the envelope on loaded Pete. So you can look forward to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Before, before we go uh, into any of the comments and stuff, because we'll finish off with that, I think we'll do the adverts. Thanks to all our sponsors, Spider VPN for all your internet security. Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of the Google search list. They are the boys to trust and will protect your computer from unwanted bugs. Skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 0191 and to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks also to Arcot Interiors for all your kitchen necessities. You can find them at the bottom of Heaton Road. And Google Arcot Interiors, they come up at the top of the Google search list. Thanks also to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle. And the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to jabsignature.co.uk for all of the flyers that they do for us. Thanks to Media Arts for all the video work. If you're a first-time visitor to the channel, please subscribe. Hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and that's it. You can subscribe for free. We still do seven shows a week, and they are all free. Hit the thumb up underneath the video to like it. Click share to share to your social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. The show usually goes up 24 hours after the show. If you want to join the NUFC Matters cult and get a cup, a pen, a scarf and your membership card and entry into the monthly draw, put your phone over this QR code and it will take you straight to the website. Failing that, 
go to nufcmatters.com and become a member. If you want to come and see Malcolm McDonald pre-match or post-match, we are at the Dog and Parrot. It's kid-friendly and it goes great food and beer and you can come and meet Malcolm in person before the match or after the match during the season. Make a donation to the food bank via nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. The match day bucket is operational 365 days of the year. If you want to follow us on social media, then go to NUFC Matters. We've got a Facebook group and we've got a Facebook page. And if you're into the true crime stuff that we do, then follow Steve Rates True Crime Interviews. And that is a Facebook group. My personal uh, Twitter following page is at Steve Wraith. And Instagram is Steve Wraith. Give me a follow on there too. There we go. We're back. So I think we'll go straight in with some of the comments. Um, Firstly, we've got from Tom Dixon. Callum Wilson out for the last few games of the season. Um, Do you think we should get the likes of Diego Costa or would you rely on Wood and Gale? So, obviously, for well, the, the transfer window is now closed, so we don't really have much of a choice, um, unfortunately. But, um, look, for me, I think we, we wanted a striker. We tried very, very hard to get a striker in that would score goals. And I think um, up until the last minute, we were confident that we'd do that. Unfortunately, they all seemed to fall through. I think Lingard was probably the main target. And although he's more of an attacking midfielder, he still would have done the job of scoring goals. And that's what we're lacking in that side. So, Wood and Gale... Uh, obviously pretty much the only options we have up until Callum Wilson comes back, which is a bit of a worry for me anyway. Um, you'd like to think that the midfield can start to chip in with a few more goals. I think obviously with Bruno in the midfield, I'm hoping that that sparks gone because we know that he's got a goal in him when he's in good form. Obviously he struggled this season, but like I said, I'd be happy with Wood and Gale up top, you know, because I think that um, that would work well. Wood on his own is no good for me. I just think it's isolated, one up top striker. It's never going to work. He's not going to get the goal. So it's the only realistic option we have. Um, I just don't think Eddie Howe is going to play that system and I can't see Gale ever getting a chance in this team again, which does, you know, upset me to say that because I'm not a big Dwight Gale fan. I think we can do better, but this season, there's no one else there for me, Pete. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm inclined to. I'm inclined to agree. Um, you know, I. I actually. The only thing I, I will say uh, differently is I. I do think Wood will come good. I, I think Wood needs a little bit of time to settle in. He's been at Burnley a long time. The players need to get used to the way he plays and playing to his strengths. It's only been two or three games. I think we. Although we haven't got time and we need it to be instant. You know, players do need to kind of that that little bit of a bedding in time. And I think, you know, the two weeks away, you know, um, uh, from playing matches, the, the week away in Saudi Arabia, I think will help that and be able to build a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, you know, him coming back into the team and, and knowing that he's going to play regularly now for a number of weeks with Callum Wilson being out most of the season, I think will help. Look, Woods, Woods, Woods can score goals. You know, he's proved it over the last four or five years in the Premier League. Uh, and I do trust that he'll get the goals that will help keep us in the league. Um, with, with the Dwight Gale situation, the fact that the fact that three managers have had the same issue with him, Rafa Benitez, Steve Bruce, and now Eddie Howe, it kind of gives me the, the opinion that it, the issue is not necessarily with the manager and it's with the player. 
Now, I think I remember on the Match Day Lives over a year ago, I remember saying about Dwight Gale. Um, Dwight Gale was never, ever the same when he went on loan to West Brom and we got Rondon in. Uh, he was all action. He loved the club. You could see his uh, enthusiasm and passion on the pitch. When he got that loan and then he came back after the loan and was back into the fold, he never looked the same. His attitude was never the same. He, he doesn't give much on the pitch. I mean, the, I think the last time he, he had a run out was when he came on against Man United. And honestly, he looked an absolute disgrace. He looked like he couldn't even be bothered to be there. And we, we were trying to you know, push for the win at that point. And you would have thought he, he would have had something to prove wanting to get on something, try and score a goal. He just didn't look at the races at all. And I think, you know, he's stuck on a three-year contract because Mike Ashley just wanted to keep him. So we're stuck with him on a, on a decent wage for now another two years after this season. And it could well be the case that it's out of Eddie Howe's hands because Dwight Gale just wants to sit on his wages because you get players, some players that want to do that and there's nothing you can do about it. Kieran Clark might be the same situation, which is why he didn't want to go on loan to Middlesbrough. He might just be like, well, I'm happy with the wages I'm on. I'm, I'm going to sit on my wages here. So I'm I'm of the mindset now that it's an issue with the player, not necessarily with the management of the club. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a great point. I think obviously with Dwight Gale, like you said, he has come on at times when it's been an important stage in the season and he just hasn't stepped up, unfortunately. The only thing I'd say about Wood, and obviously, like you've said, he has proven that he can score goals. Do you worry about him struggling on his own up top? Um, no, providing that we provide the service. So you, so you get you get some strikers that will will force defenders' hands and 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 play a certain way where they can dictate whether they're going to score the goals or not because of their own ability and the, the style in which they play. Um, so you've got Callum Wilson that stretches the lines. He stretches the the he runs into the channels. He pulls defenders all over the place to allow others um, to come into play. Um, Chris Wood's not like that. Chris Wood is this. He reminds me of what Alan Shearer was the last two or three years of his career in terms of he was more of a back to goal striker, that physical presence up there. You put the balls into him, he'll, he'll battle, he'll get flick ons, he'll hold the ball up and, and allow us to play forward. Um, he's that type of striker. He's not going to do what Callum Wilson does. And they would know that because they've spent 25 million on him. They, they would have done their homework, we, we would assume, to, to know the type of player he is. What we now need to do is play a way which is going to involve him in the game. Because I think when we do that, I think we'll actually create more chances. Um, but, you know, we've got people from midfield now, Gamerez, we've got Shelby that can deliver passes to, that are going to cut through the lines and create chances for him. You've got you know, Matt Target, you've got Kieran Trippier that can whip balls in from deep into into dangerous areas that have got good delivery. Um, we've got Ryan Fraser that on his day can, can deliver very, very good balls as well. We, we forget he's got, you know, before he came to Newcastle, had a fantastic assist re record. So we've got players that can give him the service. They now need to give him the service. And I'm convinced that if we give him the service, he will score goals. That, that, that for me, is what needs to happen now. We need to kind of evolve our game to play to play around him because he's got he's our main man. Callum Wilson's missing most of the season now. He's our main man. We have nobody else. Um so we we need to play through him to ensure that we get goals. You know, go back to the Alan Shearer point. Alan Shearer was that physical presence, but what we had is someone like Craig Bellamy in and around him, who was a, like a whipper snapper. He was all over the place, full of running, you know, 
is it going to be that Dwight Gale's that guy, as you mentioned, playing alongside him? Or are we going to get, as Tony mentioned, which was a great point as well, are we going to get Willock running from deep uh, in and behind things? But we've got to play through Chris Wood to allow either one of those things to happen. Yeah, I 100% agree. And then Tom's followed on with this comment, which says, what will happen if Wood and Gale get injured and we'll have no strikers? And yeah, that's a massive worry. I hoping that doesn't happen because that would be an absolute tragedy especially in a relegation season but obviously i suppose you'd be left with the options of putting joe linton back up top which i wouldn't want to see in an ideal world because yes he can hold the ball up but he's better in midfield and i think that would massively knock his confidence put him back to where he was a few months ago and i just don't think we should go there sent maximum as well he's played up top before not a big fan of him up top if i'm being honest again i think you get more of him uh more the best out of him on that left hand side and then i suppose if it came really down to a push you'd have to play some of the youth players but i'm just hoping that that doesn't happen i mean my god that would be awful wouldn't it be uh, it would, I mean, I, but you, you've just you've just mentioned a the player there that I, I'm probably more concerned about, and that's Alan St. Maximin. Now, uh, in the two years that Alan St. Maximin's been been at Newcastle, he has he's he's picked up he's picked up a big injury every season and been out for a length of time. And I say injury. Last year it was COVID. He was out for the best part of ten weeks with, with that because he had the long he had long COVID. Um, he hasn't had that type of major injury yet, which is great because he's played a lot of football this season. He's played a lot of ninety minutes this season, which shows progression. But what I worry about is that between now and the end of the season, is he going to pick up a big injury that's going to put him out for a long time? Because look. There's no doubt about it. He he has massive amounts of creativity. He's scored five goals for us this season already, which is one, one of his better better totals for the for us at the club. He's the one I worry about more so. Chris Wood's record injury wise is not too bad. Uh, Dwight Gale has to play in order to get to get injured, and he and he's not playing at the moment. So I do uh, I don't necessarily worry about him or Wood. Um, I do worry about Sit Maximum though. I really do because we're losing something significant if we lose him and Callum Wilson as well. Um, and then it just highlights the point that we needed Lingard more than anything because you made a good point. Lingard, although he's not a striker, from an attacking midfield position, does score goals and he does create chances. So even with Alisson Maximum being injured, you could bring him in on the left-hand side and you could still get away with it. We haven't got that luxury now and that's a worry. Yeah, for me, currently, I don't think we have anyone in that midfield that you feel confident can chip in with goals. I think the only person you look at is probably Joe Willock, and he isn't in the best run of form. Do you think he'll now step up that Bruno's in the team? Do you think we'll see an improvement from him? Um, yes, uh, because that's what Bruno Gamera's de demands. Uh, I think he's. I think he's been quite vocal on that, and a lot of the French journalists um, that have talked about Bruno Gomez in the build-up to us signing him, and then since we've signed him, have have said that that even in training he demands everyone step up their game, that everyone's better, and everyone tends to be a better player for playing alongside Bruno Gomez. So I do expect that if Willock, so if it is that midfield three, and is Shelby Gomez and, and Willock playing further forward, I expect. Will it to be better? Reason being is because he's going to get more of the ball. He's going to get more of the ball in dangerous positions because Gamerez is going to be the one to try and find him in those positions to create problems. Um, um, and look, from the way that 
Willock's played this season, the only way he's up really, because I don't think he could get any worse with, with, with his with his first half of the season performances. So for me, I'm going to stay positive on Willock that he will come good. Um, look, I'm not expecting him to score eight or nine on the bounce again. Um, I just I'm not expecting that, but I'm expecting him. I, I, I would I would be happy if Willock, you know, uh, ended this season with sort of five or six goals. Um, that for me, if I was if I was the manager, if I was Eddie Howe, and I was speaking to Willock now, I'd be saying, look, between now and the end of the season, I want to see you on at least five or six goals. Like an attacking midfielder, I expect you to be putting the ball in the net. That's what I would be saying to him. Equally, and I've I've said it on Lodi before, I've said it on here, with Anas at Maximum. Anas at Maximum's target for this season, he's got five goals and I think three or four assists this season. At least one of them, either goals or assists, needs to be double double figures, ideally both. Um, so if I was if I was again having the conversation with Set Maximum, I'd be saying, look, you're on five goals this season, you need to be getting to double figures. And they're, they're the little mini targets that we need to be setting players now to say, right, you need to be doing this. Like as an attacking midfielder, um, Willock as a as a um, as a left hand left hand side winger, set maximum. This the, these are the targets that I'm setting you. Yeah, um, I agree, and I'd, I hope to see the best out of Willock at some point this season because I think um, he needs it. For his confidence, if anything, you know, he's still young, came to Newcastle, um, which was a big decision for him, being at Arsenal throughout his whole life, going through the youth academy there, and he just hasn't hit it this season, unfortunately. Um, and staying on the strikeout topic, Steve has said, do you think Wilson will kick a ball for Newcastle again, like he's out until the end of the season? Um, I do. Uh, I, I think he'll be back. When that is, who knows? Um you know, the one thing you, you the one thing that you can't argue is that he's going to do everything he possibly can to get back into the team. Um, you know, I think I think this injury is really hitting hard for for two reasons. One, it looks like a bad injury, um, a, a real real bad injury. But two, for the first time since he's been at Newcastle for this injury, I think he's been getting a little bit of stick, not just from the fans but from the media because. They've, we've always alluded to the fact that he can't stay fit and I think this season he really wanted to prove that he was a, a striker that could kind of get through the majority of the season and play. He's already had five weeks out with his thigh injury, now he's picked up this injury. He's not really kind of he's not really kind of putting himself in a good light in terms of being a, a striker that's always fit. So I think this is probably really hitting hard. So he's going to be trying everything to get back as quickly as possible. And I do think even if it's four or five games, I think he'll he'll be back um he'll be back earlier than anticipated. Um because I think he will be working really, really hard to do so. And the one thing that we that we're forgetting is that the um Eddie Howe said that that he's working. Um, they've kind of like put him, sent him off to to work with some specialists. That's the kind of thing that Newcastle will do now. Whereas we would just deal with an injury in house. What we're now doing is we're financing him to go and see the best of the best to be looked after properly. Um, something that we weren't doing under Mike Ashley. So I think that can only be a good thing in getting him back sooner. What about That's you? Agree. Yeah, for me. Um, I think that's a great point that you made about obviously like paying for better kind of doctors and proper treatment rather than just trying to deal with stuff in the club and players were out for a long time, you know, and obviously our facilities aren't the greatest. I think we need to remember that as well um, currently. But yeah, for me, I think Wilson, 
I have a feeling that I don't think like you's going to be back quicker than anticipated. I think he'll be out pretty much till the last games of the season. But I do think he'll be back with a few games remaining. And I think we'll probably see him start some of those games. Uh, by that point, I feel like it's too late for him to really do anything. So, to be honest, I'm not looking forward to it too much because I think if he's back for, what, three, four games, you know, outfit will be pretty much sealed by then, unless it does go down to the wire at that Burnley game, which I think is a possibility. And then I wouldn't want to be Callum Wilson then because that would be so much pressure. Um, but a great point raised here, um, which I didn't, I wasn't actually aware of, is apparently there's no option to buy um, for Target. And yeah. I wasn't aware of that. So yeah, are, you, are you disappointed with that? Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see how let's see how he plays it. If he if he has a blinder, then yeah, I'd be gutted to lose him. But look, it, 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 I let's face it, Luca Dean is going to start week in week out for Aston Villa, and I think there's a there's a reason why they brought him in. It's very very clear, and it will be to Matty Target that that um, that Luca Dean is their number one, and, and he's a talented boy. I'm not surprised by that. Whereas I think if Matty Target has a good spell with us. There'll, there'll be a conversation in the summer to say, look, let's make it permanent uh, and we'll pay a fee for him. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he seems really excited. He's the one that's not really been talked about the most, but in his interview, he seems genuinely happy to be at Newcastle and he seems really happy to the fact that he's been given the chance to make the move. I think without knowing for sure that as soon as Luca Dean came in, um, he's gone to Steven Gerrard and gone, well, Am I going to play? If I'm not going to play, I want to go and play elsewhere. There's other players that would have just gone and would have been happy to be a part of the squad because they're having a decent season and playing well. What I like about him is his attitude because I think he's gone, you know what, if I'm not playing every week, I'm going to go somewhere where I am going to play every week. He's like, I think he's like 26 years old. Still got, still, he's still not even in his prime yet um, as a professional footballer. So I like the fact that he's likely to have done that and gone, well, I want to go and play. And they've sorted out a loan move for him. Um, so uh, I think he's got all the credentials to have a really good spell with us. It's not the first time we tried to sign him. We nearly signed him under Rafa Benitez when he was at Southampton. So um, yeah, I think I think he'll he'll do a good job. And and going back to the point, the the the, the option in the loan is not is not the the end of the world. I think if we really wanted to sign him in the summer, I think we could. Yeah, and by the sounds of it, his attitude is completely the opposite to that of Jamal Lewis. And that's something I want to ask you, Pete. I mean, obviously, we've seen that Jamal Lewis has been left out of the 25-man squad, um, chose kind of to stay within the team and not make that loan move. Do you think that's a bad attitude for a player so young? Um, there's a couple of things. There's a couple of things about this um, that I mentioned. Um for one, I'm absolutely gutted that he's not in the 25 because I really do believe that there's a player in Jamal Lewis. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I really think, you know, just before he got his hamstring injury away at Liverpool, he was really starting to develop um, and, and play well in the couple of games that he played. And you could really see there was a player coming out in him and you could tell that Eddie Howard had done something with him to make him play better. Um, however, uh 
what I will say is, is that Eddie Howe mentioned that he's had an ongoing groin injury for the last year and he's actually not been training with the squad recently because they've sent him away to get it sorted so he's 100% fit because apparently he's not been playing 100% fit for the last year, which apparently is the reason why he's not played as many minutes. I wasn't aware of that, but um, Eddie Howe mentioned that today. So that was interesting. The other thing that I'll say is, and it kind of fits in with, with Kieran Clark as well, it's... It's a really difficult situation to be in as a professional footballer that one minute you're you're training and playing regularly for a team uh, and then without any warning or notice, you're then told, right, we want you to go out on loan or you're not going to be in the 25-man squad. Right near the end of the window, within 20, 24, 48 hours before the window shuts. Like, I, I, I had the conversation with someone earlier on today and I... I what what goes through your mind at that point? You, you're told you're going to be in the squad. You're a regular. You're training every day. You know you had the confidence of the manager before your injury. Then all of a sudden that's gone. Like that's that's a tough situation to be in. And then to be able to decide your future just like that within 24 hours, and then potentially pack your bags and just leave and go somewhere else. It's not easy. It's not easy to do, and especially for a young lad. Um, Kieran Clark's slightly different because, you know, the fact that we were going after Sven Botman for the last four weeks in in in, in Diego Carlos says says to um says to Kieran Clark, particularly with the Botman deal, that we we want a left-sided centre back, so therefore you need to think about moving elsewhere. So I think he would have been given the heads up uh, a long time ago. Uh, and I think it's a poor decision for him not to go to Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough's just down the road, he wouldn't have had to move. Is it house-wise, it's driving distance. You know, all those things fit into place and he, and he declined that. Jamal Lewis is a different kettle of fish and I do feel really sorry for him. If it is a genuine thing and he has got a really bad groin injury which he needs to get corrected, then fair enough. If it means surgery that he's out for a couple of months, it, it's the right decision. But I was surprised, I was disappointed um, and I really hope that um, he gets his injuries situation fixed and he comes back firing on on all cylinders in the summer because i you know when we invested that money in him there's a reason why liverpool wanted him let's face it liverpool wanted him for a reason he's a talented boy he just needs time to develop and he needs game time and i really do hope that he gets that at, at newcastle I think that's a really interesting point that you've brought up there because I think a lot of people just see a player that's been left out of the squad and certainly me, obviously, it's different now with the potential that he's got an injury, which obviously you can't do anything about. But initially, I thought he was just kind of left out of the squad, obviously, to make room for other players and Eddie Howe felt like he wasn't going to be valued in the team and then it annoyed me that he hadn't took that option to have a loan deal because I felt like for such a young player that could potentially be kind of career destroying um just sitting on a bench or you know in not even on the bench literally just in the squad in the reserves for like half a season I thought it was a poor attitude and I could understand it from Kieran Clark because he's coming towards the end of his career what's he got to lose anyway really um mm -hmm. but I felt yeah. disappointed in Jamal Lewis but I think that's a great point that you brought up obviously about you know how difficult that must have been on him with such short notice um and going away from the players slightly just Colin's question what is your thoughts on the new director of football which has obviously been uh put into the news today very very happy about that. Uh, Dan Ashworth is 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 gonna revamp the club. Uh, putting it as simply as that, 
he will revamp the club. Um, you, you look at when it was announced that earlier on that he'd resigned, he'd stepped down from his role at Brighton and there was all the talk that he's going to sign for, um, uh, for, for Newcastle. All of the national journalists, every single one of them are saying, a fantastic move from Newcastle, a brilliant move. Normally, you get you get a hint of negativity with that, but I think everyone respects and understands what Dan Ashworth does in his role and what he's done, not just at Brighton but at England as well. He was part of the England's redevelopment to begin with, and then gone to Brighton. And look what look at what Brighton are doing at the moment. You know, you know, they've gone from being what League Two, League One, up to the Premier League, and just been revamped. And he was a big part of that. Um, and, and I'm excited about what he's going to do at Newcastle. I really think it's a fantastic piece of business. Um, I expected it to be done around this time. Um, it, it, he was never going to be appointed right in the thick of it, in the middle of a transfer window. And I, and I did say that um, a few weeks ago. It was never going to get done in January. That deal, you know, the interviews and everything were done. He was always going to be offered the position, I think, in February. But I'm glad they've acted on it so soon. You know, it's only February the 7th and it's done. I'm really glad they've done it early because what it does, it gives him, it gives him six months, basically, you know, including a section of the summer. It gives him six months to get his feet under the table, to get used to what's currently already in place at Newcastle. And then it gives him an opportunity to then start to create his own vision of what he wants this Newcastle United football club to be. Um, and then he'll be doing you know, sort of his due diligence with, with the academy. He'll be doing his due diligence with all the other aspects of the club. And what you'll see come the summer and beyond, you'll start to see those changes take effect massively. He'll be heavily involved with, with the training ground. Um, it, it, stuff that will be happening, the, the new development that they'll, I'm sure they're already planning. He'll be, he'll have a big say in that. He was, he had a big say in um, Brighton's training ground development, which is one of the best in Europe. It's, it's outstanding, um, alongside Leicester City's, um, and I think he'll have another big say in that as well. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about that appointment. It's the right decision at the right time. Um, Don's just put in the chat, he is on gardening leave at the minute, and he is. He's got to see out a period of time. But look, he'll be seeing out of that period of time, working on all the information in the background. He might not be in the seat at St. James's Park, but he'll be getting to work. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I'm delighted as well. And I think a lot of people are starting to panic, thinking we need a director of football in. And by the way, I think that Mia Dad, Jason Tindall and the rest of the team did a very good job in January. But I think having that director of football there just makes those decision making kind of processes a lot more simple. And I think deals when things aren't going right, like the Lingard deal would be a lot easier with someone there as a director of football. So definitely looking forward to seeing him coming in. Uh, back on to players now. Uh, Luke said that um, he can't understand all the flack that Fabian Shaw gets. He plays really well in his international team and he thinks that it's the players that he has to play with that's the problem. Do you agree? Um, sometimes I question Shaw's attitude in games. Sometimes his head's not in it. Um, and, and that's just observations, whether I'm, whether I'm, uh, whether I'm in the whether I'm in the stands or whether I'm watching it on TV, you, you kind of get the feel that sometimes his, his head's not in it. Sometimes he raises his game for his game when he's playing against the big team. 
you tend to see him play better. And you're kind of thinking, oh, is he playing for a move? Is he playing because he wants to put himself in the shop window? His contract finishes in less than six months. So you kind of ask the question, is that what he's doing it for? But look, you know, there's no doubting that his his ability on the ball is second to none. Um, you know, there's no doubting that his performance against Leeds was the reason why we got a clean sheet and the, the reason why we won the game. Um, he played a huge part in that and he was fantastic. It's the one game that I've watched him and thought, you know what, you were a real leader today. You really led the line fantastically well, better than our captain. Uh, it's the first time I could actually really say that because he's never really led by example. He's always been the kind of the second fiddle. Um, so yeah, he, he has been very patchy, but look, he is is a terrific ball playing centre back. I think he'll thrive playing with Dan Byrne. Um, I think I'm really excited about the fact that we'd have two centre backs that are both comfortable on the ball, that can both bring the ball out, that can both kind of keep the transition of play well at the back as well as in midfield. I think that can only help us in in controlling games. Um, so I would look, I, I, you know, I'm excited about seeing what those two could do together as a pairing. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously the, the big obstacle is is the captain and, and whether Eddie Howe's kind of going to make the big decision in, in dropping him. But yeah, uh, what, what what are your thoughts about Cher? Um, You know, do, do you agree or do you, do you think he's he's always played well for us? I've always been a Shaw fan and I think that's because he offers something different uh, to what we already have within the defence because he's the only player that we really have that will go out into that midfield. He's got a fantastic shot on him and obviously I've seen him score goals for Newcastle. One sticks out in my mind, he scored from the halfway line against Burnley a couple of seasons ago, I think it was Rafa's final season and that goal is probably one of the best I've ever seen. Um, So I think he offers something different. I think the only problem that I have with Fabian Shaw is his attitude. I'm very worried sometimes when he's on the pitch that he is going to get booked, he is going to get a red card, he'll get sent off because he has got that kind of fiery temper, which can be a good thing in some stages, you know, when you want that push, you want that motivation. But on the other hand, it's a massive risk because you're just constantly thinking at any point this player could get sent off. But, you know, against Leeds and the past couple of games, I think he's massively stepped up being the best player in that defence. And I do agree to an extent with what Luke said, the players that he plays with, you know, that is a problem because overall the defence has been poor. You know, you mentioned Keeman Clark, you mentioned Jamal Lascelles. It's not easy to play with those players. And, you know, I do I do feel sorry for him to an extent. And then um, Paul's gone along and said Shaw and Byrne have to start alongside each other and leave Lascelles in the car park. I think a lot of fans don't want to see Lascelles playing and I'm certainly one of those fans. Um, what formation would you play against Everton and who would you have in that defence? Um Personally, I think we need to get away from playing three at the back. Um, uh, three at the back only suits one player, and that's Lascelles. Um, But look, our future is, without sounding too disrespectful, our future is beyond Jamal Lascelles. And I think we need to look forward now. Um, I said the same about Isaac Hayden. Um, you know, not being in the squad, obviously he's injured for most of the season anyway, which makes sense. But, you know, we need to look beyond those players now, professional or not. We've got better players in the team uh, and we need to utilise that. We need to move forward with that. So going with Dan Byrne and Shaw is is the best way. Look, Lascelles can still lead from the sidelines. He'll still lead in the changing rooms. He'll still have an impact in games, um, you know, with, with his encouragement and things off the sides. But more so than anything, I, I think he needs to take, be taken out the firing line because I think every little mistake that he makes he gets scrutinised massively by the fans and I don't think that's good for him or his confidence. People have said about 
Jamal Lascelles about, you know, why is he not led, led on the pitch? I've had conversations with Martin on Loaded so many times about this because he doesn't rate him at all. But when you're, when you're a captain and you're expected to lead, but in your mind, you're not confident in your own ability at that time, it's very hard to do both. So when you, so I'm watching Lascelles and I'm watching him play and you can see that he's so focused on playing well and making sure that his game is spot on. But when you're doing that, you can't then lead anybody else because when you're confident in yourself, you know that you're good and you know that you're playing well, you're able to then lead everyone else. You're able to then see other things that are happening. And that's what a captain's ability is about. But he's low confidence at the moment. So he's not been able to do the other things. And that's why Trippier coming in has been so important. But Burn, Shaw, it has to be a back four now. We've got Target, we've got Trippier, we've got two ball-playing centre-backs that are both comfortable on the ball. We've got, you know, a fantastic goalkeeper, an experienced goalkeeper at the back who will benefit from having a defence that he's comfortable playing, uh, that are playing in front of him. I just think we need to look forward now uh, in, in a more positive light. So you want to see Lascelles drop from the side. The difference is, do you think he'll be dropped from the side? No, uh, that's the frustrating thing about it is that I fully expect him to start, and and, and I can't I, I, I get it from a certain point because like dropping your captain, who from what we're told has, is a massive influence in the back, in the changing rooms, you know, behind the scenes, themselves is a massive influence. So to do that could ruffle some feathers. So I understand why Eddie Howe doesn't want to maybe make that decision because it might ruffle some feathers from that perspective. So I do get it, but. Um, yeah, I just, I just think Eddie Howe needs to bite the bullet for the benefit of the team on the pitch during match days. Uh, I just, I just think, you know, I just think that he does. But it, what, what, what we think and what happens is is two completely different things. So uh, I, I can only, I think we, we can only hope that that team sheet says something that we that we're liking uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, I can't disagree, Peter. I think you're so right. I think most fans want to see Lascelles drop from that side, but I just can't see it happening. And it'll be very interesting to see that lineup and that team sheet, like you said, against Everton tomorrow night. Because I think for the first time in a long time, we don't know what's going to happen. Will he put all the five new signings in? Will he not? I mean, there's so many questions to be asked. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, that's for sure. We say this, and can you imagine if literally like most of them are on the bench, we've got a five at the back, Lascelles, it'll be oh. awful. <laughs> that's oh, what I'm God. hoping doesn't happen. Yeah. That's oh. worst case scenario, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I'm hoping Eddie Howe's not like that. I wouldn't put it past Steve Bruce, but we're hoping Eddie Howe doesn't do that. Um, you touched on Isaac Hayden before, and I don't know if you saw his statement that he put out about being left out of the 25-man squad, but I'd like to commend him for that because I thought the attitude that he showed was excellent, saying, you know, I'll be cheering the team on, I'll come back better, I'll come back stronger, and I'll still be, you know, cheering on the team and, and trying to give it my all, even though I'm not able to do anything physically in the side. Yeah, um, I, you know what? When it when it dropped, I, I didn't expect anything less from him. Uh, a, a proper, true professional, um, well grounded, just just a general, generally really nice lad. Um, so I fully expected that he's a professional lad. He knows the score, um, and and you know what I what what I took from that is that he understood why he was dropped out of the squad. I think the reason why he did that, you know, you didn't get anything from Kieran Clark, you didn't get anything from Jamal Lewis, but I think, you know, he's clearly had a conversation with Eddie Howe 
and and it's as if he's gone, you know what, I get it, I understand. Like I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, but I, I get it. And I think that's why that statement's come out. Real real sort of touch of class there. Um and it, it, you know, look, do do I think how's it Hayden's long term future is at Newcastle? Probably not. We've signed Bruno Gamares. We're probably gonna sign another quality midfielder in the summer as well, which will put him further down the pecking order. So I don't see a massive future there. But look, he's he's been with us through our darkest era under Mike Ashley and and for that he'll he'll you know he'll go with my blessing certainly and um it will go with massive respect because at times where he didn't necessarily have to he he supported us you know when he when his young child was unwell and he wanted to leave he still gave 100% on the pitch he still was committed to Newcastle uh, when that subsided he then signed a new contract to stay at the club when he didn't have to he had offers from everywhere Brighton were a team that were after him along with Palace and a number of others and he stuck with us um you know what massive respect to him for that but yeah um I think he understood why uh which is why the statement came out yeah and I think it's so refreshing to hear that as well from Isaac Hayden because so often I feel like nowadays footballers they have a bit of an attitude problem at times you look at someone like John Joe Shelby for example and not to throw him under the bus because I think he's been great as of late but across the kind of five or so seasons that he's played for us I think every time something hasn't went his way he hasn't been started in a game he's had a massive strop and a tantrum and a moan about it Alan St Maximum's another one complaining on the pitch you see him whining on Hayden's just took it on the chain and thought you know what I'm going to come back Back, I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to just accept it and not have a big hissy fit, which I love to see because nothing annoys me more. Yeah, that um, should be. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, oh, and this definitely, this is a fantastic point about um, Bruno when he obviously did his press conference. I watched the full 20 minutes, it was amazing. Um, just confirming the, the kind of high expectations that the new owners have in the current regime under the club expecting to be winning the Champions League. I, it was one of those pinch me moments, you know, when you think, am I, am I hearing this right? I just, I can't believe I support Newcastle and I'm hearing things like that. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's not a surprise that, it's not a surprise that, um, that Sven Botman and Bruno Gomez have both said the same thing. It, it doesn't surprise me that they've both talked about the project and they've both talked about the plans uh, that Newcastle have and the fact that Sven Botman put us alongside Man City and PSG in terms of their projects tells you everything you need to know of what's been said to him in a conversation and what's been said to Bruno Gomez in the conversation but Bruno Gomez has gone one step further and actually told us what they want to achieve which is basically they want to be playing Champions League football and eventually winning the Champions League football within this period of time um, and that just shows the ambition of the club and if you're if your marquee signings going into a press conference and telling the world that these owners want the biggest and they want the best, that's gonna get players across Europe gonna be thinking, like some of the top players thinking, you know what, you know what, let let's build with this team in the summer. Let's let's hope that they stay in the Premier League and then let's build with them. And you you're gonna get a lot of good players um really interested. The one thing I wanna see is uh, and like I'm being ambitious here, I'm being honest. But the, the day that the day that we guarantee our Premier League survival, I fully expect a bid of around fifty million euros going in for Sven Botman in the same afternoon. 
because we need to secure him as soon as possible because there'll be a lot of teams sniffing. What we need to do, which we've never done under Mike Ashley, is get a lot of our business done early because teams are going to be waiting and waiting and waiting. We've got the money to go right. We want that player. Let's get him now. And we want players like Sven Botman signed up early. Um contracts done everything signed ready to start with us on july the first preseason. that's what i want us to do um and some of these top players that we that we that we you know we didn't get in in the summer and really kind of make a statement Sven botman's a perfect statement someone like darwin nunez um at, at benfica as a, as a young striker couldn't get him in january let's go get him in the summer you know let's really kind of make teams stand up and notice uh, and let's really hit the ground running in the Premier League next season. Because I tell you what, if we do that, there's no reason why we can't have a really good season if we sign sign well and start well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for sure. Yeah, you see signing like someone like Botman feels like a dream, but it's the thing is it's actually realistic now, which feels crazy to say. It's just you feel like everything's possible. And I think when you hear new players come into the club and say things like that, you just think we're going to go on a really, really exciting journey. Um, and with Bruno, a few people's tipped him as a player that we could potentially start to build the team around, build a, a new side around. Do you think he could be that player? Definitely. I thought Sven Botman could be that player, but um, uh, Bruno Gomeres uh, is certainly that player, um, and he is in, he's a talent. And you know, there are, there are players like, for example, Callum Wilson that signed for Newcastle because of the likes of Alan Set Maximin. Uh, he was quite open and honest and said, you know, I want looked at the squads between us and Villa. I looked at Set Maximin and thought I want to play with him. Um, other teams, other players in Europe are going to look at Bruno Gomeres and go, "I want to, go, I want to play with him because he's going to excite us." He, look, he's not a massive goal scorer. He, you know, the, the the stats that everyone talks about are not massive, but the way in which he controls the game, his enthusiasm, it's it's infectious, and he's really gonna, he's really gonna turn it on for sure. I've got no doubt about it, and he's going to make players want to come and play with him, and I wouldn't be surprised. If a big goes in in the summer for his best mate at Leon, Lucas Paqueta, who's a fantastic, fantastic attacking midfielder, and they just like they're like they're just like they're in sync with each other. They're just like absolute um, best mates, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if we go in and and and, and sign a player of his ability. And look, Lucas Paqueta is arguably better than. Bruno Gomez as a player, and it wouldn't surprise me if we go and do that and really kind of get tongues wagging that we're signing those Champions League elite level quality players, um, and, and and that's it. Like you've just said, Holly, it's crazy that we're talking about these players and that they could potentially come to Newcastle, but it's a reality. And look, we've been waiting four years for this, so let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it for as long as it lasts. Yeah, I'd certainly love to see that. Um, I think right before we wrap up, we'll quickly, I know we have touched on it throughout the show, but we'll we'll touch on the Everton game, obviously, with it being tomorrow night. Um, this comment here says that they think that Everton deliver, uh, deliberately played rubbish for Benitez, and now they think they're going to play better for Lampard, and so they're worrying a little bit about tomorrow. Um, do you Are you worried they're going to have that new manager bounce, or do you think we're going to be totally unaffected and, and we're going to have the upper hand? Um, look, uh, 
I think they've already had that new manager bounce with the result they had at the weekend. Um, but 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 this is Premier League football, uh, and and it's very different. And you've got to remember that they they haven't got they haven't been picking up good results. They've got injuries to important players. Um, you know, uh, Decore is a big player for them. And we've got to remember that that Brentford are not playing well. Brentford are dreadful at the moment. They're a dreadful, they're playing dreadful football at the moment. So that four-one result didn't surprise me at all. Um, with Everton certainly being at home, so um, those things can be masked slightly. But this is Premier League football, um, and they're they're not on great form. They've just lost their best centre back in Ben Godfrey, who's going to be out apparently potentially the season. Um, so that's a big loss to them. Um, Decore is going to be out for another three weeks. Calvert Lewin hasn't trained with the team uh, up until Saturday morning. He hasn't trained with the team, so it's not likely that if even if he's out or if he's fit, sorry, he, he won't start. So they're going they're going into the game depleted, whereas we're going in with five new players or, or certainly three new players, uh, and we're looking strong. Um, and we're at home, and we've got fifty two thousand fans backing us. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not worried. I, I'm really not. And look, Everton's record at St James's Park in recent years hasn't been great either. They don't travel well to us. So let's ensure that continues tomorrow night and we get the three points. 100%. I'm hoping Jordan Pickford starts because he always seems to gift us the win. I think that'll definitely be an advantage for us. Um, and not to put you on the spot, but not necessarily what you think we'll play. What team would you like to see us put out? Okay, um, Dubravka and goal. Uh, yeah. Trippier your right back. Uh, Burn and Shaw centre backs, um, and uh, Matt Target left back in midfield. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, um, well, so so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go midfield three. Um, I'm gonna go Shelby, Gamerez, and Willock, and I would. Then, ooh, that's a tough one because I'm missing out Joe Linton. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm gonna go Gamera, Shelby, and Willock. Uh, I'm gonna go Maxi on the left. I'm gonna go Ryan Fraser on the right, and I'm gonna go Wood up top. Um, you know, Joe Linton's trained, but he's still struggling with his groin a little bit. Bring him on to be the enforcer when we're when we're when we're in front, and when you know Everton are trying to get at us, let him be the enforcer then later on in the game and, and put a stop to them uh, attacking us. So yeah, I'm going to go with those three in, mid, in the midfield. So uh, Bruno, Shelby, Willock is the attacking midfielder. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with that. Maxi Fraser Wood. What about you? Very interesting that you that you put Willock in that side. You're putting a lot of trust in Willock there. Um, for me, yeah. I think my defence would be pretty much identical to yours. Um, and Dubravka and goal as well. I'd go for a 4-4-2. In the midfield, I'd have Fraser on the right, St. Maxon on the left, same as you. But then in the centre, I'd probably have um, Joe Linton and Bruno. And I, would, I wouldn't have Shelby in that side. No. And, and I know that that's... Yeah, he is. And I've honestly, I've been singing his praises ever since Howe signed because I was a Shelby fan back in the day. He's been horrendous for a while. And now I'm delighted to see him back in good form. But I just can't find a place for him in the team, unfortunately. And then I've got... <laughs> Ellen Roden, now you're benching him. What's going on? 